It has been a wonderful privilege for Patty and myself to be here this week. I've really enjoyed getting to know so many of you. I've had a great privilege to uh, interact with the wonderful staff. I'm thankful for the missions committee who uh, put this together and how well it went. Thank you for Alan and the office staff and the ladies there who have helped me get around and uh, took care of all my needs. The church put me in a wonderful place. We were over at uh, Paradise Island. And uh, I want you to know, I took the leap of faith today. (laughs) And I'm still alive. The thing I like about that is when you take off, you don't actually hit anything for the first two stories. And um, it's really exciting. I recommend it for anyone who has a strong heart. I'm glad to be in Nassau today because um, in Buffalo, New York, our office was closed down. We have a blizzard condition up there, 45 mile an hour winds with 11 inches of snow. So I was glad to be down here today. Unfortunately, tomorrow I have to fly back up there, and I hope that at some point that uh, the planes will fly and we'll be able to get home tomorrow. So we'll we'll see how all that goes together. But I want to thank everyone here, and um, it's been a real privilege. I feel really honored to be here and be, have the privilege of sharing the Word of God with you. And I, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for the blessing they've been to our mission and the blessing they've been to me. And uh, the Lord be praised for those things. I have, a video, I have two videos I probably will show right together so we, I don't forget to use them at the end. Uh, the first one is on the country of uh, Sierra Leone. I became the president of the mission in 2003, and in 2005 we merged with another ministry, and that ministry had a a, a foothold in Sierra Leone, and so I went over there and traveled, and I saw a hospital that uh, was destitute. They had a war over there about uh, 13 years ago, and a massacre, and just a horrible thing. They would take prisoners, and they would cut off their right arm and their left leg so they couldn't fight. And now, of course, the war is over and they can't work. And so there's a terrible, terrible price to be paid for that. I noticed that the uh, average lifespan of a Serialonian is 42. It's 39 for men, 42 for ladies. It means an awful lot of them are dying young because there are a lot of old Serialonians over there. I saw it had the highest mortality rate in the world. These babies are dying. The moms don't even name their babies until they're five years old because so many infants die because of bad water. And uh, the the country is mostly Muslim. And so the Lord opened up several doors. We uh, were given three paramount chiefs where like governors came together and gave us a, a big compound. We have a hospital that we're rehabilitating. But more than that, we have a, a well drawer that's um, drawing wells and we're able to um, go into a village and when the well drawer is coming down the street, we go to the chief of the village and we ask him to give us land for a church. And it's a 100% Muslim village. And they will do that every time to get a clean, deep uh, well that has pure water coming out of it. And uh, at the well drawing uh, ceremony, when we're going to dedicate the well while we preach the gospel, because the whole village comes out to see if there's actually going to be water coming out of this. You ought to see the places where they get water. 
They go to these streams that are, have gray water. They have animals in it. They have all kinds of things. I was noticing the villagers, they would take uh, their pot and they would go to this dirty water and they would fill it up in the pot. Then they'd bring it back and sit in front of their hut and we'd see chickens and cats and dogs drinking out of it and then they would drink out of it. And there's no wonder why people were dying and getting sick and having difficult problems. When I uh, started the ministry, when we started the ministry over there and dug one of the first couple wells, I happened to be there at the dedication and that's the time when I had a chance to preach the gospel to the whole community and the whole community bowed their head and received Christ as their Savior. Not every one of them got saved, of course, but 50 of them started a church. And when I went back the next year, they not only had a church going, but they also had a Christian school in the Muslim village. And God is doing a significant work over there. We're there training pastors, and we're trying to build up the body of Christ. We're trying to expand from the area where we are to the whole country. In fact, now um, we've started a pilot program to train pastors, and what we're going to do now is expand that. And we're going to be bringing uh, pastors from all over the country to us. And we're going to be training them at different periods through the year so that they can hear the, the gospel and learn the, the word of God. So I want to show you this. The first one is going to be on Belize. And the second one is sort of an overview of what is a missionary. And I thought tonight, uh, the last night of the missions conference, um, it'd just be nice to give an overview of that. So if we could have those videos, please.
Well, I hope you can see from that that uh, just about anything that you can do here, you can do in the mission field, and uh, we need all sorts of skills to do the Lord's work. And so uh, if the Lord's calling you, we'd be glad to talk to you about those kinds of things. There was a method to my madness as I brought the messages uh, this week. On Sunday morning, we started out about talking about touching people, and we saw that you need to be touched before you can touch another person. We saw on Sunday night that we want to um, help other people. We want to uh, help the, the um, we want to help other people to uh, to know the gospel. And uh, the way you do that is uh, you change people's lives. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And we saw that um, there were some ministries that, that we've been entrusted to as believers. Uh, one of those ministries is the ministry of reconciliation. And of course, we have the word of reconciliation. And um, so therefore, we have a, a commission from God, all of us, individually, whether we're missionaries overseas or not, to share the gospel and to try to reconcile those who are lost to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then on Monday, we, we saw that just one person can do a great work for God if we'll just yield and allow him to work through us. And then last night, we saw the the fields that are white on the harvest of the world. And some of the statistics we saw last night were that right now, um, 85% of the population of the earth, 7 billion plus, have a scripture in their own language. And we saw also that 93% of the world's population have access to Christian radio. And so we see the, the Lord is slowly but surely expanding the gospel base around the world. And we used a verse last night found in Matthew chapter 24, 14, which says the gospel will go to the ends of the earth and then will come to end. And I do believe that the Lord is going to come soon. And so the titles of tonight's message is, now's the time. <laughs> if we're going to do anything for the Lord, we need to do it tonight. And tonight my uh, scripture is found in Second Peter chapter 3. And um, this is a text that I turn to often, if you have your Bible. Um, this, this chapter encourages me because it tells me what the end is and how to, how, what's going to happen at the end. And to me, it's a motivation, and I hope it's a motivation for you as well. And so with the time I have left, I'd like to um, look through this, this chapter, Second Peter chapter 3. And the first word is beloved. He's talking to believers. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to those who are related to Jesus Christ and have a personal relationship with him. Notice he says, I now write to you the second epistle on both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. One of the things I always like, and that's why I read through the Bible every year, is to, to have my mind, my mind reminded of the theology and of the illustrations that are in Scripture because they're instructive for me, with the situations that you get into each day, and, and so I find it to, to be helpful. And here Peter is trying to remind them of the first epistle that he sent, but also he's trying to stir up your pure minds, stir up the, the, the Christian thoughts, the, the biblical thoughts that you have in your mind, the things that maybe you didn't remember, the things that maybe you put aside or forgot about. And so he's trying to do that. And verse 2 says that you may be mindful. And so the po first point of the, of the sermon is, Beloved, be mindful. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets 
So those are the Old Testament prophets that proclaimed the word of God, that um, actually were talking about their own situations and the, and the nation Israel and the way it was uh, going uh, astray. And the, the prophets were trying to preach the word of God and try to get them to repent and come back to the right way. And then also from the commandment of us, the apostles, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here we have the Old Testament prophets and we have the New Testament apostles. And most of the apostles wrote the New Testament. And so therefore you're looking at the whole counsel of God. And he's trying to remind you about the things that are contained in the word of God. And if you look from Genesis to Revelation, you'll see it's a book not only of salvation. It talks about God's love, God's care, and God's abhorrence of sin. And the fact that we have a Savior where we can have our sins forgiven and can have a relationship uh, with the Most High God. But it's the whole counsel of God that we need to apply to our lives and and live out each day. Verse 3 says, Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And the point is, the teaching of the Word of God is, that Jesus Christ is coming back again. And in this day and age, uh, that is something that uh, a lot of secular people don't want to hear. In fact, a lot of Christians um, don't want to hear it. In fact, a lot of pastors don't want to hear it. Uh, there are very few churches that you'll hear prophetic sermons anymore. And it's, uh, I think it's a dearth uh, and a hard thing because I know one-fifth of the scriptures... I'm told one-fifth of the scriptures, of all the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, are prophetic scriptures. They're talking about the future. They're talking about what's going to happen at the end of time. They're going to talk about when Christ returns. And Jesus is coming again. And I believe it, and I know that you all believe it. And he's coming soon, I believe. But today we have scoffers and we have skeptics. If you uh, look at the flow of of Second Peter, you'll find out that basically he's defending the second coming of Christ, and um, and so we have scoffers there saying, "Well, the world's always going on. You know, the sun comes up in the morning, and the moon comes out at night, and then the sun comes up in the morning, and the moon comes, and everything's going on, and they just keep going on since the creation of the world." And they say, "There's nothing that's going to change that." But then we have Peter reminding them. Notice in verse 5, For they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens of old and the earth standing out of water and in water. So here in verse 5, he's taking you back right to creation, to the creation story in chapter 1 of Genesis. If you remember the story, in the beginning God created the heavens and earth. Then we have the worlds without form and void. Then we have the Holy Spirit hovering. And then we see God's creative ability. And what is it? God says, let there be light. God says, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. He spoke it. He didn't do anything to create it. He didn't send his angels down here to create it. He certainly didn't rely on you you and me because we weren't around. He did it himself by the spoken word. And the whole universe is created. And then it's recreated as the the... Six days, the 24-hour days, go on. What was the second command? Well, he separates the firmament. It was all a ball of water. So he, he, he separates the water, and you have the upper atmosphere. And it's like it has this big canopy over the earth, and you have the water above. And then you have all this water down, down below. 
So that's the second day. The third day, what he does is he separates the water for land. And then a lot of the water is put inside the land because there's no rain. Remember, there's a canopy over, and the land is, is uh, watered from the inside out. And um, we have a perfect environment there. It's like a hothouse there. And everything's green and growing, and it's prosperous, and it's productive, and it's beautiful. It's even more beautiful than the island of Nassau. And it's just a wonderful place to be. And then he goes on with the other issues of creation. Now, why I spend a lot of time describing those first three days? First of all, God spoke it, and it happened. But second of all, the next verse says, verse 6, by which the world then existed, perished, being flooded with water. <laughs> so, so here we have man in perfect environment. We have Adam and Eve sinning. We have the cherubim, as we talked about, protecting the holiness, the sanctuary of God. And then man becomes so evil, so perverted. In the days of Noah, just like the days that we live in today, in the days of Noah, and God decides to judge the world, and how does he do it? The first thing he does, he breaks up the deep, and all that water that's below comes rushing up, and he breaks the canopy, and all the water that's above comes down, and it rains for the first time. And there's a deluge, there's a disaster, there's a catastrophe. And the whole world is flooded. And only eight people, only eight people are saving the ark with all the animals. And so these people forget about these things. They forget that God created the world by his, just a spoken word. They forget there was a judgment already on the earth. And we remember the rainbow was to show... God's promise that he would never d- destroy the world again by water, by a flood. And uh, so those are just some, some remembrances for these people that are these, these uh, scoffers. And then he goes on, he says, But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, and remember, it's the word of God that spoke these things into existence. It was the word of God who spoke, and all of a sudden, the rains came down, and the the uh, the the earth broke up, and there was a mighty flood. It's by His word. That's how powerful our God is. It says, "By the same word, a reserve for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men." So the next judgment is going to be by fire. And it's going to be a great disaster. And basically, he's going to go and describe the next judgment. And that's what we're going to see from now on. Verse 8 says, but beloved, so this is point two, beloved, don't forget. So we shouldn't forget. We should be, first of all, we should be at the place where we are mindful of these things. But now we shouldn't forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Time his, for us, is 24 hours. And we have day after day. We have 365 year, 65 days of the year. Sometimes there's a leap year, but that's our schedule. And we keep going around and around and around until we, we're no longer here. But with the Lord, it's not that way. His timetable is totally different. Thousands of years are wished a day. So he's patient. He's, he's, he's not in the same hurry that we're, we're in. We only get 70 years plus here on earth. And um, he's looking down the road a thousand years at a time. So the timetable's different. But look at this. 
Verse 9, but the Lord is not slack. He's not asleep. Everything's according to schedule. Everything's right on time. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering. Now listen to this. He's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So why are we still here? Why is the, the world not judged? It's because God is still waiting for more people to come to Christ. Now that's a, that's a thought that I, I've rolled around my mind a lot of times. Do you realize it could be that a person in this audience sitting here tonight, you might be the one saint that leads another saint to the Lord, which might be the last saint before we're out of here. Did you ever think of that? What a privilege that would be to be the one to reach the last one and go to heaven. I'm telling you, that would be a tremendous thing. That should motivate us to go out and share the gospel, (laughs) to get that last one in, because that's what the Lord's waiting for. And when that last one is saved... It's over, and he's patient. He's just waiting for that to happen. Because his heart is one of love. And he wants people to repent. He died, Christ died for the whole world. And he wants people to repent. And then he goes on and talks about the day of the Lord. And of course, that's the last judgment. But the day of the Lord will come, verse 10, as a thief in the night. In other words, we won't be expecting it. I think this is a good day and age to believe that because a lot of people aren't looking for the Lord's return. Do you realize that every time you pray the Lord's Prayer, you're you're praying for the Lord's return? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven and earth. Thy, Thy kingdom come when you pray that. Thy kingdom come. You know, when I through, went through seminary, we used to have this thing, well, we, you don't pray the Lord's Prayer. That's only a pattern prayer. And it is a pattern prayer. But I started praying the Lord's Prayer almost every day. And the reason I do it is because, first of all, it focuses on God so much to start out your prayer. Our Father, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be your name. He's a holy God. And you know, when I get to that, I just start thinking about a holy God. And I think about how unholy I am. And then you go on. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Powerful stuff. The Lord's coming back, but he's coming back as a thief in the night. I think he's coming back in a day like, our, like ours. When I went to seminary back in 1982, in the early 90s, you had prophecy preachers all over the TV Every church you went to, they had a, everybody's talking about Revelation. 
Um, we have some television preachers that just have been through Revelation. But outside of that, in the churches that, that I'm, I'm familiar with, and I, I look at what the sermon titles are, there's nobody preaching prophecy hardly any, anymore. And the thing is, there's something about believing that the Lord can come back today that will motivate you, it will motivate me to do something for the kingdom of God. And if you believe he could come back this second, he could come back even tonight as we're in the middle of this meeting, we could all fly out of here together, wouldn't that be glorious? That is something that excites me. And I hope it excites you. Now notice. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in night, in which the heavens will pass away with great noise. And the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be what? Burned up. Everything that you see is going to be destroyed. Even Atlantis over here. That's a great architectural breakthrough. I mean, we walked around there. It's beautiful. That aquarium, beautiful. All those fish, beautiful. Burning up. Ain't going to be here. This church building, not going to be here. It's all going to go away in an instant of time. And I think that's something important to remember for whatever life that we have left from this moment on. Because if you realize that everything that is material, that is being built, you can build a, a big building or a big bank account or a big business, it's burning up. I don't care how magnificent it is. I don't care what museum might want to buy it. It's burning up. The things that you can see are temporary. The things that are eternal or permanent are the things you can't see. Your faith in Christ, the love you have for God, your family, and your fellow believers. All the intangible things that you can't see, those are the things that are eternal. But the things that you can see, burn it up. You can gain the whole world. Lose your own soul. It's all burning up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what matter of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the moment of the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Now, I don't know if you know this or not. I looked this up. The core of the earth, you know, that molten coal core of the earth, that lava that pokes up out of, out of the, you know, in a volcano, the core of the earth. It is exactly 12,400 degrees Fahrenheit. 12,400 degrees Fahrenheit. Put your finger in there, what's going to happen? You're going to lose your finger, right? 
pretty hot, right? We're sitting on this stuff. This is on the inside of the earth. Do you know how much distance it is between from that lava to the surface of the surface of the land that we're walking on? You know how how much room there is between that lava and and ground up here? It's ten miles. Ten miles. That's all. This, this island, I'm told, is twenty one miles. So when you go halfway across the island here. That's all the protection you have over that molten lava. 12,400 degrees. (laughs) We're sitting on a time bomb. I mean, that baby could go off at any moment. And then we have elements here. These are atoms and neutrons and all those kinds of things. You know, we have the atomic bomb. I mean to tell you. Now, if God spoke, let there be light and there was light. And he spoke the creation into being. And he spoke the flood. How hard is it for this time bomb to go off? Is it hard? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's when it's his, his will to do it. Now, I happen to believe that believers won't be here when that all happens. So I'm not worried about it. But it's something to think about. And in light of this information, in verse 14, what does it say? Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, we should be looking forward to the end of the earth. Looking forward to these things, be diligent, be diligent, be diligent because you have this knowledge in your head. Be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. In other words, live a holy life. Walk with Christ. Do the things that God wants you to do. And if he tells you to be a missionary, you become a missionary. If he tells you to be a preacher, you become a preacher. If he tells you to go across the street and talk to your neighbor about Christ, you do that. You be obedient to the word of God. You be obedient to Christ. As you walk with God, he speaks to you. And he tells you what to do. If you're in the word of God, he'll speak to you and he'll tell you what you do. He'll also clean your act up. He'll put his finger on all those little sins that we so easily do. He'll straighten us out. Just wonderful words, peace. We'll be at peace. Because we aren't worried about this thing. It's in God's hands. I'm in God's hands. You know that? You're in God's hands if you're a believer in Christ. He's going to do whatever his will is for you. He's got a purpose for each one of us. He wants each of us to be effective in the kingdom of God. What a blessing. It says without spot. <laughs> without spot. Oh, you try each day to be sinless, blameless. The only thing I tell you is I'm getting better. Not perfect. Getting better. And I hope you are too. And consider the long and consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. The reason we're still here, the reason we still have time, is because Jesus Christ is bringing in the last harvest of souls. And when the last harvest of souls comes in, it's over. So if God's telling you to do something, do it now. I believe we're at the end of the age. I think we proved that last night. We don't have much time left. 
If you want to do something for Christ, don't do it next year or three years or five years. Do it today. Do it now. Get involved in God's work today. Because you don't know how much time you have to complete the task. He finishes up uh, down to verse 17. It says, You therefore, beloved, since you do this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with error of the wicked. Getting back to the uh, problem with the uh, unbelievers. And the last verse says, But grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. The grace of God. The only reason any of us have any life. God allows us to have another breath. He allows us to have another day. Another week to serve him. Grow in grace. Grow in your knowledge of God. Grow in your love of God. Try to walk in the presence of God. Grow in grace and a knowledge. The only place you get knowledge is out of this book. This is a holy book. This is a spiritual book. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, instruction, righteousness, that the man of God may be what? Perfect. You become perfect. And so, I trust that you will do God's will. And I'm hoping through this week that maybe something was spoken, maybe a missionary report, maybe a prayer, maybe the wonderful music we've had this week. Something spoke to your heart and drew you close to the Lord. And maybe you sensed God's speaking to you. Maybe you spoke, heard His voice. Maybe you you just know, have a, a, a better focus, a clearer focus on what his will is for your life. And maybe there's something that you need to do for Lord Jesus Christ because of this mission conference. I don't know what the practice is here. If the Lord's speaking to you, I think the best thing you could do is go talk to Pastor Lee He'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. If God's speaking to your heart, if God's telling you to do something, you better do it. The time is short. We're at the end of the age. Let's get it done now. Now, I have a something I'm going to leave with you. This is a something that I read often. And I read, I read it often because sometimes I need a fresh look at God and my Savior. This was written years ago. It was written by a, a black pastor from Louisiana. His name is Dr. Shadrach Meshach Lockridge. Shadrach Meshach Lockridge, man, I love this guy. It's titled, That's My King. And I think it's a good way to finish this week with you. Because if this doesn't, if this doesn't speak to you, if this doesn't lift your heart, then I don't know what to do for you. (laughs) My king, 
The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally, he's immortally graceful. He's imperially, imperially powerful. He's impatient. He's impartially merciful. I'm sorry I can't speak tonight. He's impartially mindful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's the center savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in, in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the one and only qualified to be the all-sufficient savior. Do you know my king? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a king to knowledge. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him well? His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. Yes. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind and you can't get him off your hand. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. Well, Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah, that's my king. Praise the Lord. That's my king. The Lord bless all of you. I love you. Thankful for the privilege of being here today. May the good Lord continue to bless you and keep his good hand of blessing upon this church as you go forward to do his work and to do his will. May the Lord bless you mightily. Amen.